This is the Lead Well Podcast. Welcome to the Lead Well Podcast, where we're talking all things leadership, talent, and culture. I'm your host, Missy Darden, and today we are joined by two special guests. Carrie Garrett is back with us, and she serves on the team member experience team with me and oversees Restaurant Culture Tools, which is team member mental health resources. And she'll be leading our discussion again today focused on mental health. Carrie, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Missy. I'm thrilled to be here again. And our operator guest today is operator Bruce Smith of Springhurst FSR, St. Matthews FSR, and Mall St. Matthews in Louisville, Kentucky. Bruce, how are you doing today? Good morning. Doing great. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks so much for being here today with us. And without further ado, Carrie, I'll invite you to lead our conversation and excited to hear about mental health. Thanks so much, Missy. Bruce, again, welcome. We are so happy to have you on the podcast today, Um, especially with it being May. We're celebrating Mental Health Awareness Month and love diving into this topic in general, but especially with operators who have really scratched the surface and started to work with their team around this subject. So we're ready to jump right in. And the first thing I want to ask you to do is just share with us your background and what brought you to Chick-fil-A. Thank you. Uh, I've been with Chick-fil-A just over 30 years. Uh, got introduced to Chick-fil-A back when I worked in the steakhouse industry in South Carolina. And I had a, a manager that I reported to who worked at Chick-fil-A when he was 15 years old. And his dream was always to become a Chick-fil-A operator. And uh, in, incessantly talked about uh, one day he was going to own his own Chick-fil-A. and some, being someone from Colorado, I really didn't know what that meant, um, but he he encouraged me to look into it as well. And so it was him planting that seed that I, um, I learned about Chick-fil-A. I learned about the culture and the business opportunity, and it re- really aligned with who I was. And so uh, I started pursuing Chick-fil-A back in 1988 and eventually became an operator in 92. And uh, it's been a great journey ever since. Thanks for sharing that, Bruce. Now let's switch back over to the subject for today's podcast, which is mental health and specifically mental health culture in a restaurant and maybe some resources that you guys have going on in your restaurant. So I wanna start with just the basics. Why is mental health and well-being important to you? So this has been a journey for me, and it all started probably about five years ago when within my organization, we realized uh, using the serve model as our reference that the V, which stands for value, results in relationships, that we had huge opportunity, that we were all about results and we discussed very little, if nothing, about relationships. I have always been a very results-oriented operator, and it was through the help of some of my leaders, uh, my younger leaders, that we realized that we had huge opportunity. And so we kind of flipped the script on our culture within our organization and we actually reversed those two words um, as we would study the serve model. So we would value relationships and results. And so by doing that, we we put relationships first in that phrase. 
And so we went on this journey to understand about building relationships with our team, the, the value of relationships. And then when Chick-fil-A rolled out our care strategy, it aligned perfectly with, all right, how do we learn how to care for our team? And so we already had this mindset of, again, how to care for the team. So when COVID hit, we had to start thinking about, you know, we were all, we were all kind of forced upon us that we have team members that were put in a situation that they've never been in before. And so we started experiencing for the first time conversations around mental health. And that was just a phrase that maybe had never even come out of my mouth before, uh, never entered my mind before until it was forced upon us. But because we had already been shifting our culture to be more relationship driven, and we, we fully embraced the, um, being a, a caring company, um, and, and what does that mean to us? That we were really actually in a pretty good spot to start learning what this was all about. So the three topics that we were starting to learn about was anxiety, depression, and we even had a couple conversations around suicidal thoughts. And that was just so alarming because I'd never had any of those conversations with any team member in my, you know, my first 28 years as an operator. What we realized is we had to build trust within our team because we could, hindsight tells me we could have put, you know, posters up, we could have, which we actually did, but it was after the fact as part of our, our learning process. We actually put posters up in our restaurants that had the national hotline for suicide and um, depression as resources for our team members to reference. But before we did that, what we learned was we had to build trust with our team. And we had actually started in, our, in, in this journey about building relationships is that I gave all my leaders permission to take five minutes or so during every shift to engage team members on a personal level. And oftentimes this would happen just at a table in the dining room when someone was on break um, and really show that we cared for our team, we love our team members and we want to help. And by doing that, what we were doing was building trust. And so when these topics of anxiety and depression and suicide started surfacing at the beginning of COVID, uh, we had that trust built and my managers who are on the front lines, they're rubbing elbows with these team members on a daily basis. They could engage in these conversations and it was just amazing how our team members would open up and share with our managers what they were experiencing. And so if we didn't have that foundation of trust already starting and somewhat in place, I don't think we would have been able to have those conversations where team members felt like they could actually share and be transparent about what they were experiencing.
Thanks for sharing that, Bruce. So you talked a lot about how you and your leadership team have worked to build a culture on mental health and around relationships. So I want to focus a little bit on that leadership team who supports this work. I'd like for you to tell us a little bit about that team and how you ensure they keep mental health a top priority in the restaurant. So actually, when uh, this uh, COVID season started and mental health um, went to a very high level, and uh, we started, between restaurant leaders, we started realizing that there was a lot of common commonality in these conversations. We actually wanted to make sure that we weren't missing anything. And so we, we created what we call our CARES team. And so the CARES team is comprised of leaders uh, and team members from each one of our restaurants. They have their own Slack channel that they communicate on on a regular basis. However, they meet once a month and they talk about how do we care for our team. And this this CARES team that we created, it, it came out of the rise of mental health issues first and foremost. The CARES team now has expanded to have conversations and create uh, processes and create awareness and acknowledgement of our team. It's just a, a formal way of talking about things like special occasions that are happening in team members' lives, such as birthdays, anniversaries, uh, marriages, babies being born. So we celebrate those good things, but we also come along during times of hurt and disappointment, and we have this structure in place that everybody's aware when someone is hurting and uh, we can come together beside them and everybody can speak into how do we how do we care for these people thanks bruce and i know earlier you talked about some posters that your leadership team put up um during the COVID season, after you guys had really talked through some of this and some of these uh, conversations that they were having with team members and that those posters highlighted the National Suicide uh, Prevention Lifeline and wanted to, I know we've talked about this, but wanted to briefly shout out that those resources, similar to what you, you and your team put together, are now available on the studio in English and Spanish for anyone who is interested in putting up those posters of hotlines and lifelines for their own team members to utilize. And on that subject of tools and resources available to team members, is there anything else that your leadership team does in the form of tools and processes to really maintain this culture? Or is there anything specifically that they um, do for the team or resources they point the team members to? So uh, fortunately, the peak of the mental health, I think I'm going to call it a crisis, has diminished um, from what, where it was even a year ago. And so we're settling back down into what I think is uh, maybe more day-to-day -day routine. We still emphasize and uh, the personal relationship that all of our managers need to have with every team member not just because it's a good thing to do, but because I think it's a strategic thing to do because we learned that with trust, we can have some real honest conversations. We also, we have a manager and she is seeking a degree right now in psychology. And, and so 
Mary has actually been the one to help us uh, keep this top of mind. She did some research and found out uh, resources within the community of uh, counselors who could be available. And so we put together a short list of, of potential resources. They're not resources that we recommend per se, because we, we are not in that in a position to recommend. However, it's just a, we felt like it was a quick reference point that um, if someone was struggling, they would not have to do that research. And to be, and really in the thick of it, we were finding that a lot of uh, counselors and psychologists in town were so booked that they couldn't even accept new patients and new clients. But because of the work that Mary did and using the relationship that we have with Chick-fil-A, we did find a few that were willing to give us priority as far as referencing any of our team members that that needed to actually meet face to face with the counselor and start talking things through. So having the, those reference points and also having the, uh, the posters of hotlines are the two things that still remain and will probably be a constant part of what we're doing around mental health. I think moving forward, mental health as it relates to our team members, I think just keeping that um, that sense of trust and care at the highest level possible and that these team members feel like they have a, a home um, within Chick-fil-A and they have a place where they look forward to coming to. They have, uh, they're welcomed. Uh, they have friends. Uh, I think that helps with that part of every team members as a person we all have the need to be to feel like we're a part of something and so going through this process has just magnified the importance of that uh, even more and that leads really well into the last two questions that i have for you bruce the first one being how has maintaining a focus on this impacted retention at your restaurant I think at this point it's still too early to tell uh, uh, because we've, I believe as a company and as a society, we've gone through, you know, turnover and, and the causes of that. I really can't speak to why we've gone through this, but the turnover has been greater than it's ever been uh, in my time with Chick-fil-A. But I will say that I had had some leave, uh, some team members who who put in their two week notice and left, and it was anywhere from a couple weeks to a couple months that they wanted to come back. So I think that to me was a sign that while while our team members were struggling in their lives trying to figure out exactly what was going on that when they had time away they realized that maybe chick-fil-a is where i want to be after all and i can't help but think that the special emphasis that we've been placing on relationships and care has helped with that 
And last question, what advice or what would you say to an operator who wants to start building a culture around mental health in their restaurant? What I've learned through this process is that it really is not as intimidating as it might sound. So we know within Chick-fil-A, we keep hearing the message uh, primarily from Tim that we need to have dedicated leadership on any part of our business where we want to see improvement and and have sustained results. And I think that um, the mental health of our team for many of us reaches that point where we have to have dedicated leadership in order to keep that um, that topic alive and push it to where it becomes a culture piece of who we are. So as I mentioned earlier, I think the term mental health was something I was never forced to deal with for my first 28 years as an operator. And then it was thrust upon me and um, I really didn't even know where to start, but it was because I I had a, a leadership within my organization who were already sensitive to this. And as I mentioned, my one of our managers, Barry, who is a psychology major, she had a high level of passion um, and personal interest in mental health. And so we leveraged her to take the lead on understanding the topic, um, speaking to our leadership team on multiple occasions about mental health, about what it might look like um, in one of our team members, what it sounds like when you're talking with someone and are there cues uh, just so as le as leaders within our restaurant, we can hopefully better identify when someone is struggling. It's been through the, the help of a dedicated leader who we have uh, given margin in her schedule to focus just on mental health I feel like that we are making it a part of our organization. And, and again, I think just don't be intimidated by, by the topic. Um, I, I just don't think it's as, as scary as it might sound. And by no means have we um, figured everything out, but I do feel good about where we've come so far. Thank you so much, Bruce, for your time and for sharing all of this information with us. I will pass it back over to Missy. Thanks, Carrie, and thank you for leading our discussion. If you have any questions about team member mental health resources, please feel free to reach out to Carrie at carrie.garrett at cfacorp.com. And thank you, Bruce, for joining us today. And that'll do it for today's episode. If you're looking to find, develop, and launch top talent, Leadwell is a resource with articles, videos, a podcast, and other Chick-fil-A operator and third-party expert curated content. If you have any questions or want to hear about a specific topic on the podcast, please let us know at leadwell at chickfilacom I'm Missy Darden, and thank you for listening in to the Leadwell podcast. Leadwell shares leadership, talent, and culture resources, ideas and tools from franchised operators and third-party experts to inspire franchised operators and their teams to find, develop, and launch top talent. As independent franchisees, 
Chick-fil-A operators solely determine the employment, leadership, and management practices in their businesses.